Hi, my name is Ishika and I'm in my second year at Ryerson in the Criminology program. Born and raised in Canada under the Toronto Purchase Treaty 13, which are nations Anishinaabe, Mississaugas of the Credit, the Haudenosaunee, Chippewa, and Wandok peoples. And I want to say thank you so much for having me on this special day. In today's segment, I will be discussing my experiences and thoughts while listening to the podcast, Finding Cleo. Before I start, I just want to say that this was my first time really listening to and enjoying a podcast as I never really found one that has caught my interest like this one. I was hooked on the very first episode. This story was about a young girl named Cleopatra Semaginus Nicotine, also known as Cleo, who was adopted at a young age only for her family to find her missing and possibly murdered at age 13. This podcast shares the journey of the Semaginus family as they search for their missing sister Cleo and attempts to find the answers her siblings have been waiting for their whole lives. As to why her and her five siblings, Christine, Johnny, Mark, April, and Annette, were taken away from their homes and placed into government care at such a young age. Listening to what had happened to Cleo and the journey of the Semaginus family really broke my heart. From hearing the stories of how the children were placed into adoption agencies and how they were treated is something no child or family should have to experience. However, the process of colonization was always there from the day the Europeans entered onto indigenous land. As Goldhawk describes in his article, A Condensed History of Canada's Colonial Cops of 2020, he takes us through a timeline of how the RCMP officers essentially took over the North, mentioning Canada's failure to protect indigenous communities and leaving them to feel worthless and forgotten. And during this time, that is exactly how this family felt. They felt useless and forgotten about within their own country. In the John Burroughs reading, Canada's Indigenous Constitution, Indigenous Law and Examples of 2010, one law that he described that really stood out to me was his topic on natural law. This type of law is used widely among the Indigenous community, as for generations have formed treaties with the environment and animals teaching their children how to care for their surroundings. What I have learned from this law is how peaceful and how understanding Indigenous culture is, and for the children of the Semagnus family to have lost that part of them is something I have been thinking about as I was listening to this podcast. Throughout the episodes, Cleo was described as a young, bright, and happy child growing up, a child who just wanted to be loved, and I cannot imagine the pain that went through this family, especially Lillian, who was the mother of these six children, and having her children being taken away, especially at such a young age, can definitely traumatize a person forever. However, I am glad I had the opportunity to follow along this journey of something so impacting and heartfelt. Despite the tragedy of the Semagnus family having gone through such a traumatic experience of the children growing up in non-Indigenous homes to not only find out where they came from, but to also discover that they have lost a family member along the way. In a sense, the family's journey to find Cleo was overall an emotional story about love and hope. From the day Christine and her siblings found out about their missing sister, they began their search. Regardless of the many rejections Christine has faced when trying to gather more information on Cleo and what had happened to her, Christine never gave up. Throughout this whole podcast, that feeling of hope and love was always there for Cleo's siblings, and although most of them had never properly met Cleo or had lost memories of her, as she was older than most of her siblings, Christine, Johnny, Mark, and April had never lost hope of finding their sister. 
This podcast alone has done amazing things for the Semaganis family. For starters, I feel like without this podcast, Christine would have never had the chance to meet with her brother Johnny or have that connection that she has now with her other siblings. Not only that, but Christine and the other siblings were able to develop a community with the other people in Cleo's life, as well as form a connection with the other families who may have gone through the same thing. More specifically, listening to episode 9, The Reunion, where Johnny and Christine meet for the first time, was where I could actually feel the love and hard work from their family as they've been trying to reunite their family back together for so long. Alongside this investigation has helped find closure and healing to Cleo's family. The constant fear that Cleo was murdered at age 13 or even alive somewhere stood over the Semaganis family for years before this investigation by CBC started. This thought that Cleo was fighting for her life to get back to her family in Saskatchewan haunted Christine and her siblings as Cleo never made it back to Canada. This investigation was a fresh start at finding Cleo and finding out what her life was like growing up. As the first episode gave an insight of roughly who Cleo was and what had happened to the children of the Semaganis family was enough to start the investigation on where Cleo's journey of her adoption began. Not only did this investigation assist with finding Cleo, this investigation helped bring Christine, Johnny, Mark, Annette, and April, and Cleo closer together. The family also got the chance to find out more about their mother Lillian and found out that she had another baby whom she lost during miscarriage. As Christine and April both said, they believe that Cleo is guiding them on this journey for a reason and that that reason is to bring her home and for her to find peace. That is why she keeps showing up in their dreams. After listening to those words, I have to agree. I agree that yes, although CBC did help with the investigation, Cleo was the one guiding her siblings to keep going and to learn about their family so that Cleo herself and the rest of her family could find peace when Cleo couldn't. Because of this investigation, the Semaganist children have gotten to experience at first hand what Cleo's life was like growing up, while talking and reading about some of her childhood friends and teachers. They learned about who their mother was and how she attended residential school, being abused and sexually assaulted as a child. The siblings also find out that at the time of the investigation, of course, Cleo's father was still alive, as we assume the siblings had a different father from Cleo. From Christine and Annette's dreams of Cleo to finding the answers of her past and ultimately finding her resting place, I believe that this was a fresh start of a beautiful healing process where everyone a part of this journey can finally be at peace and find the closure they deserve. In the end, this story had ended on a happy note, leaving a happy ending. Knowing where Cleo is and that she is safe and forever happy can again be one of the best closure processes for the Semaganis family. As I'm ending this segment, on the podcast of Finding Cleo, I want to say that now I understand the reason for calling this investigational podcast Finding Cleo. However, it was more than just Finding Cleo, it was finding out who the Semaganis family were and why these six children were taken away into non-Indigenous homes in the first place. Now I want to say thank you again to CBC for having me discuss this topic. It was definitely an emotional journey I won't forget. Thank you for listening.